In Good We Trust is recorded at the Philadelphia Ethical Society in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. For more information about us, visit Philly Ethics or follow us on Instagram at Philly Ethics. Is experiencing wonder an important part of a good life? Aristotle suggested that philosophy began with wonder. Some philosophers devalue it by calling it a childish emotion. Descartes warned that wonder can become an end in itself, distracting us from worthier pursuits and loftier goals. Philosopher Arthur Witherall commented that wonder can become excessive and make us crave novelty simply for its own sake. Wonder is only functional if it prompts us to resolve it in the satisfaction of knowledge. In other words, he's telling us we shouldn't get stuck in wondrous stupefaction. When I was a kid, I found wonder in nature. It made me feel both insignificant and connected to everything. Nature drew me out towards the whole universe and helped me look within. One activity that brought this paradox into life was stargazing. I mean, on summer trips to Canada where the night seems darker, staring up at the vastness of the universe became clear and obvious and marvelous. It also made my puny existence and limited understanding seem pretty petty. I experienced wonder less dramatically but more regularly gazing out at the St. Lawrence River and when rainbows arch over the river, the wonder's palpable. Now what happens to wonder if we examine that experience more closely? The book Unweaving the Rainbow by Richard Dawkins is titled after an apocryphal story. As it's told, the poet Cates lightheartedly accused Sir Isaac Newton of destroying the poetry of the rainbow by reducing it to prismatic colors. For Keats, inspiration was more important than information. Theologian Abraham Joshua Heschel might agree. He recently said, Mankind will not perish for want of information, but only for want of appreciation. The beginning of our happiness lies in the understanding that life without wonder is not worth living. In 1951, Heschel wrote, We go out to meet the world not only by way of expediency, but also by way of wonder. In the first, we accumulate information in order to dominate. In the second, we deepen our appreciation in order to respond. Power is the language of expediency. Poetry, the language of wonder. Does science really extinguish wonder? Must power push out poetry? Well, my physicist father didn't think so. For him, subatomic particle trails were poetry. Richard Dawkins says that science actually creates wonder. And who could be more filled with wonder about the natural world than the late, great Carl Sagan? Now, maybe this disagreement can be avoided by distinguishing types of wonder. I mean, there are sensory forms of wonder that come from the world around us. There's also Cognitive wonder that bubbles up from internal experiences, which perplex and intrigue us, which create riddles that lead us to search for answers. Philosophy professor Jesse Prinz suggests a type of spiritual wonder wrapped up in the search for meaning and God. 
But whatever type of wonder we describe, it does seem that adults experience wonder less often than children. Now, I'm not going to blame scientific understanding for that. I think the culprit's more mundane. It's our tendency to, as we grow up, take things for granted. Things tend to surprise us less. As John Stuart Mill put it, it's not understanding that destroys wonder, it's familiarity. So how can we keep the familiar from destroying wonder? While I only dabble in Buddhist practice, mindfulness helps me keep wonder alive. In an essay by Thich Nhat Hanh entitled Eating a Tangerine, he describes how often we rush through our meals as if we were simply filling our tank at the gas station eager to drive on to our destination. So when I grab a tangerine and mindlessly gobble down while I'm paying bills or writing an essay, and someone then asks me how it tasted, sometimes I can't even answer. Han says that we usually don't appreciate the food right in front of us. We're always focusing on the future or the past, and we, we miss out on the present. He encourages us to pay attention to the tangerine. I mean, smell the rind, feel the soft sections as we peel them, taste the tartness. Even more than eating, we often take breathing for granted. And Buddhism urges us to pay attention to that. Paying attention to breath can keep wonder alive, even as we grow up. Isn't wonder in our nature? Don't the 40,000-year-old cave paintings found in Spain indicate an early appreciation for wonder? But go back even further in evolution, and I see lots of wonder. I mean, when I watch films of Jane Goodall with our primate ancestors, I'm fascinated by how they express wonder. Goodall witnessed many examples of wonder in the chimpanzees, such as a male chimp gesturing excitedly at a beautiful waterfall. Goodall said that he perched there on a rock and gaped at the flowing torrents of water for a good ten minutes. Maybe wonder's a product of evolution. I mean, maybe it encourages us to develop healthy curiosity that spurs adaptation and innovations in technology. Doesn't it make sense that without wonder, we might not discover more effective ways to flourish as a species? At the very least, I think wonder has a positive effect on human personality. One of my favorite philosophers, William James, believed that those who experience wonder and awe and gratitude are healthy-minded and able to live fully. What he calls the sick soul is one caught in a pessimistic worldview, shut off from such experiences and less able to access wonder and awe. The experience of wonder helps us live rewarding and productive lives. Without such experiences, personalities atrophy. Maybe the best thing about wonder is it's social component. I mean, wonder moves us to share it with others. When that marvelous rainbow appears out before us in the misty air, it stops us in our tracks and we turn around and point and say to others, look, look, we love sharing wonder. Whether we're apes gesturing towards sparkling waterfalls or amateur astronomers catching shooting stars or vacationers watching sunsets, Wonderful experiences are bigger than us. They flood into us and through us and out to others. 
We turn our surprised and smiling faces towards one another. We bond together with energy and joy. So in our crowded lives, full of the mundane and harried by our zealous efforts to minimize suffering and build a better world, let's not forget to keep wonder alive. It's part of living a good life. Thanks for listening.